Hello, I'm Michael Spears. Welcome to Struggle in the Suburbs. Combating racism must be a guiding principle of every leftist, socialist, and every socialist organization. The Spring Socialist Network, of which I am a part, even goes so far as making equity a cornerstone of everything we do. Anti-Semitism is a disease our society can't seem to get rid of. In fact, recent statistics show that it is actually on the rise. That is troubling. But given the simultaneous rise of fascist and far-right groups around the world, maybe that's no surprise. It makes sense, then, that governments at every level are taking a look at their anti-racism strategies right now, sometimes adopting such strategies for the very first time. The fight against anti-black racism has also pushed politicians and sped up these much-needed plans. But well-intentioned politicians don't always do the right things. The IHRA working definition of anti-Semitism and the move by local governments to adopt it is one such example. Back in August, Barrie Mayor Jeff Lehman brought forward a motion for the City of Barrie to adopt the IHRA working definition. IHRA is short for International Holocaust Remembrance Alliance. After backlash from a number of anti-racist advocates, the motion was dropped, but only for a short time, it appears. The motion has resurfaced, and this past Monday, September 14th, Barry Council's General Committee, which is actually made up of the entire council, voted in favor of adopting the IHRA definition without even a discussion. The first is with regards to the adoption of the International Holocaust Remembrance Alliance's definition of anti-Semitism. Right. No holds on that. It is approved tonight on consent. We'll go forward to council next week. I just can't get over that silence. It took many of us by surprise that it was unanimous. Here is the definition adopted by Barry's general committee. Anti-Semitism is a certain perception of Jews, which may be expressed as hatred towards Jews. Rhetorical and physical manifestations of anti-Semitism are directed toward Jewish or non-Jewish individuals and or their property, toward Jewish community institutions and religious facilities. Okay, so what's the problem? It seems tame and safe, but that's not the case. As my guest for this episode, Corey Balsam from Independent Jewish Voices Canada explains, it's vagueness and the ability of people to also weaponize a series of examples that go along with the definition, make it potentially dangerous for people who criticize the state of Israel or stand up for Palestinian rights. Yeah, so it's hard to summarize in a nutshell, but um, basically uh, this is a definition that is being weaponized. Um, it's being used mainly as a means of shutting down uh, sort of foundational criticism of Israel. Um, so what that means is, is not, uh, you know, criticism of a particular uh, policy or even things necessarily like um, 
you know, Israeli house demolitions of Palestinian property. Uh, but really, the people people that are uh, challenging Israel's uh, sort of nature as a state uh, that privileges one group and officially, institutionally, and discriminates uh, institutionally against another. Um, so Jews on the one side uh, and, and Palestinian Arabs on the other. Um, you know, this has been going for a long long time efforts to label um, critics of Israel. So in this case, namely those who challenge Zionism uh, and also support um, things like the right of Palestinian refugees to return to their homes, um, you know, and the BDS movement, boycott, divestment and sanctions. Um, so anyway, so this is just like sort of the latest iteration of those attempts. Uh, and uh, what's clear is that there's a lot of resources being put into this by groups that lobby on Israel's behalf around the world, as well as by Israel itself. The Minister of Strategic Affairs is is very involved with this, uh, this attempt. The definition, the base definition uh, that, for example, was included in the Barrier Resolution is basically meaningless. It's extremely vague. It adds nothing <laughs> to the to the conversation, really. Um, except for perhaps just confuse people, uh, the main, uh, so, you know, we object to the definition itself as those who are actually actively fighting anti-Semitism, uh, because it really doesn't help and really just confuses people, as I said. Um, but the harmful bits, uh, are really in the example. So there are 11 illustrative examples, um, of contemporary anti-Semitism, according to the IHRA seven of which uh, mention Israel. Uh, and uh, there are a few in particular that, uh, that are especially problematic. I think one that really is, uh, is, is used in these attacks um, is the one that says denying the right of Jews to self-determination, uh, for example, considering the establishment of Israel a racist endeavor, right? So that is read to be, uh, to imply, uh, you know, anti-Zionism, um, which is, which is interesting. Anti-Zionism in general is, is something that is, is linked in anti, you know, very closely with anti-racism. Um, and, you know, just by suggesting that those are, who are critiquing Israel as, as being racist, uh, as themselves being racist, um, is, is quite racist in itself, uh, if you know what I mean. You know, of course, a lot of people will consider the establishment of Canada, the establishment of many countries to be racist. Um, and I think m most of us, likely a lot of your listeners will agree, uh, you know, with that, of course, considering Canada's history uh, with respect to Indigenous peoples. Um, and I think most, uh, you know, Anyways, a lot of Jews would, would agree that, that the foundation of Israel is, 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 was racist to, to begin with, uh, especially against Palestinians, but also in many ways against um, non-white uh, non Jews from, from Arab countries, for, for example, or from Ethiopia. Um, so anyways, you know, that's, that's basically the problem um, that, you know, those who are... Um, who are fighting or who are, or, uh, you know, raising awareness even, or, you know, uh, engaging in campaigns to, uh, to challenge Israel are being 
labeled as racists and as anti-Semites through this definition. So why do you think it's so attractive to politicians? Like you, you see this definition, uh, you know, there's municipalities trying for it. Obviously, the province of Ontario is in the middle of, of uh, you know, trying to adopt it through a you know private member's bill. Um, why do you think politicians are so attracted to this definition? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, <clears throat> good question. I, I don't. I wouldn't say that politician politicians are attracted to it. Um, you know, I think, uh, it's quite, well, first of all, I think it's quite clear that there's a major lobbying effort to, to have them adopt it. Um, right. So I I don't think in most cases, it's something that comes from the councils themselves, uh, except, you know, perhaps in, in cases where you do have people that are very, uh, pro Israel and, and, and devoted to, to that cause. Um, so I think it's, it is something that comes <clears throat> mainly from sort of pressure groups uh, that, that are encouraging this. Um, you know, that said, I think it is something that is attractive, especially to the right, um, as a wedge issue. Um, you know, they can use it to say, you know, we, we are the ones who uh, are opposing anti-Semites. And all those progressives on the left are uh, are, are anti-Semites. Are, are you know if they don't if they don't support this, I think we you know we saw this really kick into gear in, in the UK in the campaign against Jeremy Corbyn and, and the Labour Party. Um, you know, uh, it's something that I think the right really identified as, as, as something that could really divide uh, and and potentially crush the Labour Party, and it did. Um, uh, you know, I'm not going to weigh in on, on sort of what was and what is anti-Semitic, but I think it's quite clear that, um, you know, there's at least as much, if not more, anti-Semitism on the right amongst the ranks of the Conservative Party, et cetera, in the UK than there is uh, amongst progressives. So, um, you know, anyways, it, yeah, I think that's the attraction as a wedge issue. Otherwise, in places, I think in places like Barrie, you know, they'd rather not have these conversations. Uh, they'd rather not address these issues, um, you know, and get in the middle of this. But of course, uh, they feel that pressure that if they don't follow through with this, then um, they might be labeled anti-Semitic. So they might as well just just pass it and uh, hope for the best. So what is the strategy uh, of the uh, uh, independent Jewish voices? What has the strategy been so far? Uh, and is it is it working, do you think? Yeah. Um, so, you know, this is an issue that um, groups around the world are now facing. Um, you know, there, there are other groups like, like IJV in different countries that are, um, you know, sort of waking up to this and, and challenging it. Um, IJV ha- is probably the, actually has been, probably been the most successful uh, so far. Um, and I'm not, you know, quite sure why that is. It might just be our, our, you know, the resources and the energy that we put into it. Um, you know, um, but uh, yeah, I mean, for our listeners, uh, IGV has mobilized on, uh, ahead of several votes uh, at the municipal level um, in Canada. And, 
you know, basically uh, came out with with wins in Vancouver, Calgary, Montreal, uh, previously Barry, um, but that was just uh, I think that's going to be reversed uh, with uh, the general committee in Barry, or what is it, the general committee that what it's called uh, in Barry that just voted to uh, to pass the resolution, which uh, likely will be confirmed, hopefully not uh, next week. Um, but, uh, you know, uh, you know, we're coming at this, uh, at, at different angles. I think, you know, we have a, a letter from academics with over 400 signatures warning about, uh, the threats it poses to, to academic freedom, uh, and to pro-justice groups on campus. Uh, you know, we have, um, you know, we have a, a petition of individuals that we're encouraging people to buy at, to, uh, to sign, uh, and, you know, whenever these things do come up. Uh, for votes, we we try to mobilize uh, our base, especially in the cities uh, where the votes take place. We have um, 18 chapters across the country now, so you know we have bases that can mobilize uh, along with with allied groups and allied individuals in those places. Um, so that I think has been quite successful. Uh, we also are, are are working to try to propose alternatives. Um, so we have our own definition of anti-Semitism, uh, which. Uh, folks can find on our website at noihra.ca, noihra.ca. Um, you know, so, you know, trying to do some educational work at the same time about, you know, what is actual anti-Semitism? Because they're, they're, we are actually facing serious uh, threats of anti-Semitism. Um, you know, QAnon, for example, which is a this conspiracy theory, uh, which is is gaining, you know, hundreds of thousands of supporters these days uh, has major anti-Semitic elements. Um, and, you know, I think that's something that, that does pose a threat. Um, of course, these threats are, are mainly on the right, um, but that's not what's being talked about. Um, so, so anyways, you know, we're trying to do some education to, to kind of counter the, this uh, really unfounded focus of uh, these uh, pro-Israel lobby groups um, on, on the left. Um, and the, you know, the instrumental, sorry, the instrumentalization of, uh, the fight against antisemitism to simply silence, uh, critics of Israel. Yeah. So, uh, you know, obviously, you know, cities like Barrie, uh, other small, small cities, small towns, um, you know, we need to have real serious discussions about racism and uh, what it looks like uh, in our cities and towns. Um, and, you know, that conversation doesn't seem to be happening uh, a lot. Um, you know, is it, is it, is it, you know, is it something like the IHRA definition, is it a distraction from the real anti-racism work that we need to be doing right now? Yeah. Uh- I don't think it's, I mean, I think it is a distraction. Uh, and I also think it, it goes counter to anti-racism work. Uh, right. You know, I think it's anti, anti-racist, <laughs> which, which equals a positive, uh, you know, being that it's racist. Um, yeah, I think so. I mean, you know, um, you know, we're encouraging uh, legislatures across the country and, and others to, to, to adopt a comprehensive approach to dealing with racism, not just focusing on anti-Semitism, which is one form of racism. 
Um, and that doesn't mean that just adding, like the, the federal government did, you know, they have an anti-racism strategy in which they just, uh, you know, plugged in the IHRA definition of anti-Semitism. Um, and I think, you know, main problem here is, again, it's, it's basically delegitimizing the Palestinian narrative. So a lot of the supporters of the IHRA definition will say, you know, well, the vast majority of Jewish organizations are uh, supporting this definition, and we should be able to define our own oppression. Um, and I think as a general principle, that makes sense. But when uh, said definition of oppression is actually negating, and in some ways even contributing to the oppression of another group, um, you know, I think we need to, to pay attention very closely to that uh, and challenge it. Uh, and of course, here we're talking about, um, you know, Palestinians, uh, Arabs, Muslims, uh, those who often uh, don't have a voice and who are often silenced and, you know, um, left out of the conversation, um, you know, just like other racially racialized groups generally are. Um, so I think, you know, I think that that's been a part of the conversation around, around uh, you know, centered mainly around, uh, around Black people. Um, but of course, this is a conversation that, that is being applied more broadly to, to racialized people. So I think this is, uh, you know, uh, yeah, I think, I think people should, be, should really pay attention to, to this as a, as a threat in many ways to, to those efforts uh, to, to push anti-racism. So just wondering, um, you know, just kind of building on your last point about uh, uh, Palestinian uh, and their voices being silenced. Um, why do you think the fight for Palestinian rights is such a challenging uh, issue for people to get behind? Hmm. Uh, good question. <laughs> good question. I think, uh, you know, I think mainly because of the orchestrated backlash. Um, you know, there are, are several organizations uh, in Canada and, of course, around the world that, that basically make it their job to attack those who, who speak out. Um, and namely as being anti-Semitic, you know, so I think that that's, um, that's number one. I mean, just an example, there's, there's an organization called Honest Reporting Canada, uh, you know, very far right organization that, that basically challenges any journalist or, uh, you know, media organization that, that dares to, to write something, uh, that is, uh, in any way sympathetic to the Palestinians. Um, so, you know, people are, are cautious of that. I think, of course, you know, related, you know, related to that is that, of course, people are very sensitive to anti-Semitism for good reason. Uh, given history, there's a lot of guilt uh, about, you know, around the Holocaust and, uh, and you know, Canada's history um, with, uh, with anti-Semitism. You know, so I think that's, that's something that people find, uh, you know, difficult uh, to to work out, um, you know, um, otherwise, you know, I mean, a lot of force Canadians don't want to take a position because, you know, they think it's complicated and they don't want to engage. Um, and, you know, or they, or, or they, it's been, it's presented to them as, as, as quite complicated. Um, and, you know, I often respond and say that, that, uh, I mean, of course there are lots of details and it is complex in many ways, but, uh, when it comes down to it, it is rather straightforward, uh, you know, the conflict. Uh, you know, it's not just two sort of warring parties. You know, there's, there's a clear uh, dominant party. There's, a, there's an occupier and there's an occupied. 
Um, so, you know, of course, there's a lot of work to be done in terms of education. Uh, and I think that, you know, on the other hand, I think we do see a lot of people um, engaging and taking positions on this on this issue, um, you know, leaving the politicians aside. Um, but of course, uh, there aren't many other uh, international issues uh, that uh, have such a, a grassroots solidarity movement. Um, you know, so I think that's not something to be said about people getting it. Um, uh, of course, it, it's one of the, the most long-standing issues uh, that hasn't been resolved. So that that probably contributes as well. So, what do you say to uh, a politician uh, or or an individual, a citizen who's sympathetic uh, to what uh, to what uh, what you're saying, but is still still kind of supportive of the definition because they want to uh they want to show that they're supporting the jewish community uh rightfully so um so that they're so they, they they're sympathetic but are kind of wavering on what to do what do you what do you say to people like that mm-hmm. yeah so you know um I, I would first of all uh thank them and you know show appreciation for uh, wanting to show support for the Jewish community, wanting to have, you know, have our backs, uh, you know, that of course it's really, you know, as a Jewish person, you know, I, I think that's that's great, and I really appreciate that. Um, but you know, they need to know that by supporting something like this, they are contributing to something much bigger. Uh, you know, something much more nefarious uh, than, than their, their own, than, you know, the vote in their own city, of course, is part of a, a much larger project uh, to delegitimize Palestinian and, uh, you know, pro-Palestinian voices. Um, so, you know, I think, I think that that needs to be very clear. And I think they need to, to be willing to deal with the consequences. And of course, if they're someone that is sympathetic, uh, then they need to be also prepared to uh, to face attacks uh, in the future um, based on uh, you know pro-Israel groups using that definition as leverage. That's what we're seeing in a lot of places. You know, some 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 uh, body might pass it, not thinking much of it, but then you, of course you have groups that say, you know, you pass this definition, uh, you know, declare this person to be anti-Semitic or or, or you know. Uh, put out a statement denouncing them or, or whatever, what have you, right? So I think it's just very dangerous. Um, you know, because the other thing that I would, I would recommend is if, uh, you know, they're really uh, allies, uh, then, you know, uh, work with us in developing uh, policies and programs that actually address anti-Semitism, that actually address, <clears throat> uh, you know, racism more broadly, um, and you know, don't don't uh, uh, pit the two against each other, uh, right? Because the definition, you know, itself doesn't doesn't help in any way to 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 fight anti-Semitism. Again, it just really muddies the waters, uh, and if anything, as I said, confuses people. And uh, you know, if if if, <laughs> if criticizing you know criticizing Israel is anti-Semitic, then you know, I think a lot of people will just say, well, if everything's anti-Semitic, nothing's anti-Semitic. Uh, if you know what I mean. So, uh, you know, it's unfortunate that uh, that 
the general committee yesterday did uh, pass the the resolution uh, unanimously, um, and I hope that that uh, you know those council members will will uh, think twice about you know, the consequences of of this uh, before next week's vote to to ratify it. Thank you for listening to Struggle in the Suburbs. And thanks to Corey for taking some time out of his busy day to provide some great insight about the IHRA definition and what needs to be done moving forward. As he said, it has been stopped in a number of Canadian cities through strong advocacy and direct action. As a socialist, I believe we won't see true equality as long as capitalism survives. Only its destruction can ultimately end racism. But that doesn't mean we can't do things now to improve our society. Reform can be a bridge to revolution, right? Anti-Semitism is something that must be fought. There can be no doubt about that. But it must be fought in solidarity with all other anti-racism struggles. We need to have the backs of the Jewish community, yes. But As it says on the No IHRA website, the real fight against anti-Semitism must be joined to the struggle for equality and human rights for all people in Canada, in Israel-Palestine, and around the world. The final vote for Barry to adopt the IHRA working definition of anti-Semitism is September 21st. So if you're listening to this episode before then, please take to social media or contact the mayor and councillors and ask them to vote no. I put a link to the No IHRA site, as well as info on how to contact Barry councillors in this episode's description. Take care out there, everyone. Support workers, stay safe, share your love, and keep on fighting for a better world.